0: For uh, many years, Denver International Airport has been uh, in the uh, works. It's been doing things since 1995, but before that, they had an international airport called Stapleton Airport, and there was one particular day when a United flight was canceled, and if you've ever done any flying, you know that that can be a pain, Uh, but these passengers were all in one long line, inconvenienced travelers. and. There's only one agent, unfortunately, and she was trying to book, uh, rebook everybody. Suddenly, an angry passenger pushed his way to the front desk, and he, he slapped his ticket down on the counter. He said, I have to be on this flight, and it has to be first class. agent was calm about it. She said, I'm sorry, sir. I'll be happy to try to help you, but I've got to help these people first, and I'm sure we'll be able to work something out. What well, a passenger was unimpressed with that, So he asked loudly so that the passengers behind him could hear, too, do you have any idea who I am? Without hesitating, the gate agent smiled and grabbed her public address microphone and said, may I have your attention, please? Her voice was bellowing through the terminal. We have a passenger here at the gate who does not know who he is. (laughs) If anyone can help him find his identity, please come to the gate. Well, that... That didn't make the guy very happy, but because the folks behind him were laughing hysterically there, and the man glared at the United agent and gritted his teeth and swore at her. And without flinching, she smiled and said, sorry, sir, you're going to have to stand in line for that too. (laughs) The man retreated as the people in the terminal applauded loudly, but they weren't angry anymore. All because this agent kept her cool, kept her cool under pressure. It never pays to lose your cool. Stay close to the Lord Jesus, and you're going to find that your self-control is under control. You may be lost. You may not know where to go or what to do, but God is going to guide you if you let him. And that's the key, if you let him. We're going to look at the word of God again together and try to discover some more about our loving God. And let me tell you that that's one of the things I love about the pastors here in Brack. They love the Word of God, and they want you to love the Word of God too. In fact, they teach you and proclaim to you the Word of God so it gets into your heart and soul and hopefully takes root. We're going to be looking at Psalm 119 today, but before we dig in, let's pray. Father, anytime we get into your Word, we don't know anything until your Spirit shows us. So we ask Him to show us. What you have for our lives. And we know that those, those lives are as individual as possible, but also collective as possible as a church. So speak in both ways to each of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a really neat way of devotional study that I heard about years ago when I attended a seminar by a man named Bill Gothard. And uh, he recommended that we read through the entire book of Psalms and Proverbs every month through the entire books, both of them, every month. And that would call for you to read five psalms and one chapter in Proverbs each day. He said, if you miss a day, don't try to make it up. Because, you know, if you write, uh, any of you have tried to read through the Bible in a year, you know if you miss a few days, you're going to think, oh, oh i got a lot to read. And you rush right through it. And you don't give God a chance to speak to you. So don't do that. Just start where you are if you miss Anyway, you would start with the day of the month as the first day. Today would be fe- February 11th. You read Psalm 11 to start with. Add 30 to that, Psalm 41. Add 30 to that, Psalm 71. Helps with addition, too. Uh, add 30 to that, Psalm 101. And then add 30, you get Psalm 131. And if you add 30 to that, you have Psalm 161. And there ain't so no such thing. So, in fact, if you've got a Bible that says Psalm 161, Get rid of it. It's no good. Um, We're going to look at the word together, though, uh, as we do that. And I used to dread reading that. When I first started, I thought, wow, how can you read the Psalms every month and get something fresh each time? But it works, folks. It really, really works. There's something. I've I've done it for years. And then I let it aside for a while and went something else. Now I'm back to it again reading those five psalms in one book of Proverbs every day for a month. It's uh, amazing how God speaks. You write something. I'm a a fan of writing in my Bible, and so I have little notes in the Bible in the corners and in the back and those blank pages and stuff. But it's amazing how you read through that and you come across that's something you wrote there a while ago, maybe years ago, and you think, oh, yeah, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for getting me through that. Thank you for that boost of confidence that you gave me. And so you do that again, month after month, and I guarantee you it'll it'll change your life. He said to us, "Don't read Psalm 119 in that same uh, series." There, he says, like if you you start on Psalm 29 on the 29th day of the month, you're going to hit Psalm 119 eventually. He said, "Don't do that. That's an overload." Save Psalm 119 for those days, or those months rather, that have 31 days and read it on the 31st day. Whatever the case, I used to dread having to read this lengthy Psalm. There are 176 verses in this puppy. And before you think we're going to be here all day, let me assure you that's not the case. The verses of this Psalm are based upon the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And they're written in the original in the form of an acrostic. So, most of your Bibles have something listed here. They'll say Aleph, that's the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And all of those verses begin with the, the Hebrew letter A. And then in Beth or Bet, they all begin with the Hebrew letter B or Bet. And uh, it goes that way. So uh, as you look through it, it's written in that format. I used to look at this and think, why is this re- uh, writer repeating himself so much? <laughs> But over the years, as I read these words, this psalm has become one of my favorite psalms. It's got one single focus. It's the Word of God. The Word of God. As you read down through here, in fact, the NIV text says that there are only five verses that don't directly talk about the Word of God in one form or another. There are names that are given to the law. There's the Word of God. There's... uh, God's law, God's way, his testimonies, his commandments, his precepts, his word, his judgments, his righteousness, his statutes, his truth. And all of these things say something about God. For the law, they're enacted by God for our benefit, for us to, to obey. His way, they're the rule of his providence, how he works through us and how we, when we obey, how life works for us his testimonies they declare to the world and attest his goodness his existence all of it his precepts his word his judgments dr howard pope told a story about a young lady who read a certain book and when she finished the book she set it down and remarked it the dullest book i've read in many years bad not long after that though she met a certain young man and in the course of time their friendship ripened into love and then they uh, became engaged. And during a visit at the home of her fiance, she was looking at his library and she said to him, I have a book in my library is written by a man whose name and, and even initials are the same as yours. Is not that an amazing coincidence? He said, I don't think so. She said, why not? For the simple reason, I wrote that book. Dr. Pope continued the story. It was pretty neat. He said that lady, when she got home, Took that book and sat up all night reading it until the early morning. When she finished it, she thought it was the most interesting book she'd ever read. That's something. The difference is she now knew and loved the author. How is it with you and this book? Do you know the author? Do you love the author? Do you know these words are for you? He wrote them for you and me. Let's read them and let's let them seep into our hearts and souls. The psalm doesn't really repeat itself like you think at first glance, it it really doesn't. Rather it points out all the different aspects and the blessings associated with the Bible, with God's word. As you look at the psalm this morning, I want you to try to see it with different eyes. I want you to remind yourself that these words point out all the promises All the blessings that the Lord Jesus has for you, for you in this life. His word is life to you, so make it yours. There are some things I I want to point out to you as we quickly go through the verses. These are just some of the commands and some of the blessings that we receive when we consider the word of God, when we ruminate about it. You know rumination, we talked about that before, and I'm sure Pastor Dave has brought that out. We look at cows and, and uh, other animals that chew their food and swallow it and bring it up again and chew it again. That's a messy illustration, but that's what we're supposed to do with the Word of God. Don't just one and done in the thing. Continue to bring it up and go through it again and again. Anyway, as you look at these things, listen to what God is telling us to do. In the very first verse, and we'll probably be focusing mostly on the first verse of each of these sections. In the first section, he says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the the word, the law of the Lord. How's your walk? What's your walk like? We're talking about the walk we make through life. Sometimes we walk through the valleys. One of the Psalms says we walk through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. I don't have to fear evil, though, because God is With me. God is with me. He reminds us of all these different promises and amazing things about the Lord throughout this psalm. These first eight verses are taken up with contemplating the blessedness that comes uh, through keeping the statutes of the Lord. The next section, verse 11, tells us this. For every age group, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not sin against you. This, this is what we an, as believers need to do, as people we need to do. Saturate our hearts and minds with the word, the teachings of God. The difficulties and temptations of youth are pointed out there too as you go down through there. To walk a pure life, a person has to start from his or her youth to hide the word in their hearts. Next section focuses on meditation. It says... Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. It talked about that aspect of rumination, coming back to it time and time again. Meditate is used eight times in the NIV text. So meditate on the word of God, especially and even though things go bad in your life. Go to the word. God has it there for you. Has it there for me. Those trials are going to come gain your strength from God's word. Next section focuses on our idea of choice. We have to choose to do this. I have chosen the way of truth. I've set my heart on your laws in verse 30. I've set my heart on your laws. It's a choice we make. You and I make decisions. Dave Pastor Dave was talking about the decisions we made and how an amazing amount of decisions we make every day in our lives. I don't know how they ever figured that all out, but it is amazing. You have a free will. You and you alone can choose to follow these words. You and you alone can choose to follow Christ in the first place. Choose to be born again, like it says in the scriptures. That comes in your life when you get to a point and you realize you're a sinner. And you recognize that you can't do anything about your sin. You can't outwork your sins. You can't earn your way, and you realize that Jesus died for your sins. Can't stop there, though. you got to invite him into your heart and life, and then you've got to walk with him and surrender to him. All it takes is for you to choose and ask him to do that. He'll do it because he said he'll do it. It's not because Krauss said it. Krauss's word is not what you want to base your life on. It's God's word you want to base your life on, and that's what Kraus is telling you about God's word. The foundation that's there it's in him once you do that though you got to keep doing it you got to keep choosing his ways not keep asking him for salvation because when you ask him for salvation he does it but to continue to choose his ways we make that choice every day in many many ways you know when people don't follow christ there's evil in this world watch the news you'll see it it's there we're free to choose God's ways or man's ways. Man's ways lead to death. The ways of this earth tend to bring us down only. So it's a constant battle to do the right thing or even, even to know what the right thing to do is. The Bible provides the information that we need. And then he tells us in the next section, verse 33, well, it's the same section really. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Teach me. Teach me. We got to learn from it. The word speaks to every condition and need that men, women, teens, and children have. And God's doing the teaching. He's the only one who can do that. We just got to do the keeping. In a sense of dependence and consciousness, extreme need, uh, that, that fills this section here. So we depend on the wisdom and counsel of our wise heavenly father. So when you and I ignore this book, we shut ourselves off from that. There's no way we can get to do what is right. God loves you with an unfailing love. and he, the, the psalmist brings that out in verse 41. He says, may your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Your salvation, that unfailing love, comes to us. It never leaves us. never forsakes us. It's always there. I love it. You can always depend upon our God. He loves you just the way you are. But that doesn't mean He wants you and me to stay the way we are. His Spirit works in us and through us to change us into the likeness. His goal for every one of us is the same. The path is different, but the goal is to make you and me like Jesus. That is clear from the scriptures, to make you and me like Jesus. All it takes is surrender. That word will also provide not just uh, that unfailing love, but also hope. And he talks about that in verse 49. He says, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. Your word gives me hope. That hope includes comfort in suffering and includes his presence to soothe your hurt. Instruction continues in verse 58, I have sought your face with all my heart. Seek God. Be gracious to me according to your promise. We seek him with all of our hearts. Seek the Lord and he'll be found, it says. And that goes so well with the great commandment when the Pharisees... And Sadducees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? They did it to trick him. Pff, he didn't take the bait. He answered their question though. He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength." But then again, sometimes it causes us to wait till we're afflicted. And he points that out in the next section. In verse 67 It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. I went astray. And only God can, can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a, a triumph, and a victim into a victor. When I heard that phrase, I thought, that's a beautiful description of what God does with us. Only God can do that for us. But some people need to wait till they're get hit over the head with a two-by-four before they come to God. It's like they got to obey God and do his way, but it doesn't just sink in. Others of, of us need a a denozo slap. If you're a fan of NCIS, you know what I'm talking about. Whacking the back of the head just to get your attention. God does that to me sometimes. And I'm convinced that the two-by-four or the slap comes when we're not into the Word of God. You can't possibly know... and his will and direction without being in this book. I've heard people say, well, I know God has called me to this, but it violates something in this book. No way is God ever going to do that. He's never going to contradict what he's put in his word. So seek him. Don't wait till you're afflicted. Get into the book without being coerced into it. Then ask God to give you understanding. And verse 73 says this. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. Understanding. It's got to come from Him. Without God helping us, we can understand nothing. There is really uh, nothing we go through that God can't help us endure as well. And this is one of those verses that doesn't mention the word Uh, as in some terminology. It says, how long must your servant wait? It's verse 84. When will you punish my persecutors? Let God deal deal with your enemies, your persecution, whatever is going on in your life. And that enemy doesn't always have to be a human. It could be sickness. It could be something else that's attacking you. It's still an enemy, enemy of your soul, enemy of your body. God is saying, help me endure. Our focus returns. In fact, I heard somebody recently say, not just endure, not just survive, but thrive. That's what God does for us. We can thrive in any situation. If we have him, only if we have him. Verse 96 then talks about how God's commands are boundless. There is no end to them, no limit to them. It's always going to be there and meeting our needs every step of the way. He'll guide you to life's best design for you. There is no problem that we face. If you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. There is no problem that you face, no answer that you need that is not covered or not found in this book. There's a principle there that God has laid out for us that applies to that need, whatever it is. His word is life to you. Make it yours. This word of God also gives us wisdom. And I love this next section, starting with verse 98, 99, and 100. He says this, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they're ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers. Some of the students would like to know that right now. I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. That's what it's all about, folks, obeying God and getting the wisdom that we need. Is there anybody here that doesn't need wisdom? Don't put up your hand because you know it's not true. It's not true. His word also provides direction for our lives, and Psalm 105 talks about that, or excuse me. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. A lot of you have that highlighted in your Bible, and that's a good one. But did you see what it says? Your word, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light for my path. So get into that word. Otherwise, you walk in darkness. They had no fixed lamps in the eastern towns in old time days and Each passenger carried a lantern with him or her that they might not fall into an open sewer or some garbage that's filth that was defiling the road. And that's our picture of our pathway through life in this world. God lights our path. We don't know the way. We don't know how to walk in it, but the the Lord shows it with the scriptures. It's like a blazing flame, and he reveals it that way. God's word is the lamp that provides a light for us to tread safely through this life. I remember when we moved to our our parsonage, the last place we served near Pittsburgh. And uh, I, rem- and yes, I am a Steeler fan. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> They're not playing, so the Super Bowl doesn't interest me today. We lived there, and there was a nice long staircase there. And I remember we had a habit. One, t- one time the dog wasn't feeling well, and uh, so we put up the gate to keep her downstairs so we could keep an eye on her better that way, and she'd be safer in a place that was easier to clean up. Um, anyway, in the middle of the night, I got downstairs. I'm going to go down and check on her, and I remember going down the steps. I didn't turn the light on because I, I knew my way. I was not going to matter at all, so I went down the bottom of the steps, forgot the gate was up, and I smashed into that gate. The noise went all through the house. I slammed my head into the wall, and It was just a really joyful time. (laughs) Walking in the darkness is not what we want to do spiritually. Not at all. You want the light? Get into the word. That switches it on for us. Then God sustains us. He upholds us too. There are two verses that talk about that. In verse 116 and 17, God says, sustain me according to your promise and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. Uphold me, and I will be delivered. I will always have regard for your decrees. Your decrees. It's amazing to me. You know, uh, there's a quote from Spurgeon. up on the screen. It's uh, amazing. It really sums it up well. It says, it was God's word that made us. Is it any wonder that his word should sustain us? We're talking about the living word, Jesus. And that's what it's all about. This is, uh, you know, the thoughts that we have, sometimes they are very much the opposite of what God's holy thoughts and ways are. And that's how the enemy works in us so many times. But God's word is the thing that will sustain you through all that. Then we need discernment as well. In verse 125, I'm your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It's a course of upright conduct. That's what we need. And it gives us boldness. Uh, for our walk through this life. We need God-given discernment. And that's a great prayer to start today, Lord. Help me discern what I need to do. Just give me your discernment. Good thing for us to ask. We we see how we really are then. We see how others are, and sometimes our situations are their situations as well. God wants us to have the light in our life. We talked about that earlier, but that he brings that up again in verse 130, he so said, The unfolding of your words gives light. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It becomes an entrance and a doorway. That's what it means, the original word there. An entrance and a doorway to everything we need to know. And then God points out his own righteousness in verse uh, 137 Righteous are you, O Lord, and your laws are right. Your laws are right because he's righteous. He can't stand sin in his presence. Sin will not be there. His word tells us that he made a way for us to be redeemed. And I already explained to you the way of salvation. All you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart and life. And decide you're going to live with him and for him every day. What a beautiful thing is to know that we can speak with God directly. in verse 145 points that out. I call with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I will obey your decrees. Our God, you don't need an appointment. Just go right where you are. Right now, what you're doing. You could talk with him. It's a great thing to know. Defend my cause, according to verse 154. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. God protects us through his word. And the word of God is a treasure to us as well. The next verse I want to focus on or look quickly at is 162. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. Great spoil. One of those treasures mentioned In that section, as part of that great spoil, is peace. These treasures that he speaks about, they're good for our souls, for our character. And then, you know, if you really think about it, the the writer of Hebrews puts it well and kind of sums this whole psalm up. He says this in Hebrews 4, verse 12. Pastor Dave referenced this recently. He said, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. That word of God, that's life for you. So make it yours. Get into it. There's a song performed by the Gaither Vocal Band back in the early 80s, says it very well, it's called Into the Word. Listen to these words. I'm happy to hear you've been reading the word and spending time to study and learn. I'm glad for all the hours you've spent on your knees instead of wondering just which way you should turn. You tell me meditation is what the world needs. I reckon what you're saying is true. I was glad when I heard you getting into the word, but is the word getting into you? I heard you're into the word, Getting into the word, but is the word getting into you? And then he goes on, he says, now don't get me wrong, I'm not putting you down. I'm glad for every chapter you read, but reading and doing are two different things because the word without the spirit is dead. Has it made you more loving to your wife and your kids, honest and straight through and through? Has your attitude changed since you've been into the word? Is the word getting into you? That's the bottom line for us, folks. Is God's word. These words of life, are they getting into you? His word is life to you. Make it yours. It's still the new year. And what better opportunity to begin the new year with a commitment to reading the word of God every day, daily. I'm not talking about making a decision that you make it's going to be broken and left behind real quick. I mean a real desire to read the word of God and to know him. That's how you know him. And discover what he's like by reading the scriptures. Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, rather, you've seen the Father. So get a look at Jesus. The gospel accounts and all of the New Testament especially. But he's there in the old too. Hey, have that real desire to know God and discover what he's like. And then, if you miss it, Don't give up. Just pick up right where you left off. Don't try to catch up. Um, That's my recommendation. Don't try to catch up. Start right where you are. If you're reading through the Bible, maybe you want to do that catching up. But make sure you read it and think about what you're reading, not just to say you've read it. And I've heard all the reasons, all the excuses for not reading the Bible. I hear, I can't understand it. I don't like to read. I don't have time. It's boring. It's boring. It doesn't apply to my life today. Its stories are unbelievable. Some of those parts are just too violent and gory. There are places where it seems to contradict itself. Hey, get over that. Get past those excuses, because that's really what they are, excuses. There are times when you will find that you are a spiritual dryness, where you just can't read the Word. Force-feed yourself. Force-feed it. You wouldn't let your kid go without eating or drinking. It's time for force feeding when you do that. Again, if you don't like to read, you can find a way. Just listen to it on your phone or computer through an app. If you don't have time, Don Mason made reference a couple weeks ago what, what he did, and take extra time in the morning before you start your day, and start slowly, 10, 15 minutes, and then let God, let that develop. It expands as you start learning. But I will also challenge anyone, anyone at all, to show me how these words don't apply to our everyday lives. Show me. They do. And if you read with asking the Holy Spirit to open your understanding with his informing power, it's going to be anything but boring. Not at all. As far as contradictions, very likely you're reading it out of context. Or it's contradicting your sinful way of life and thinking living whatever the case this word his word is life to you make it yours make it yours the last verse of that psalm really jumped out at me recently I remember it says this I have strayed like a lost sheep I have strayed like a lost sheep seek your servant for I have not forgotten your commands. When you wander off, he's quick to come after you. One of the praise songs we just sang together says it well. Your goodness is running after me. It is, and it always will. The word of God tells us about the goodness of God, and his word is life to you and me. So let's make it ours. Amen. I want to invite the worship team back up the platform at this time as we pray together bow with me please in prayer father we are so so grateful that you've given us the word there are countries that they don't have the word written word that they just long to have it but we have many many translations of it thank you for that forgive us for not taking advantage of that we ask you to help us establish the habit daily habit of getting into your word and letting that word get into us, taking root in our hearts and lives. Lord, may we accept what the Spirit is calling us to do because we pray in Jesus' name, amen.